Just as a disclaimer, all thoughts and opinions spoken belong to each individual and do not represent their company. Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Mira, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the Sydney market. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange. I'm joined by Chi and Marvin to discuss what makes a great leader. So keen to hear both of your thoughts on um, your experience throughout your IT journey. But before we start the discussion, I'll get you both to introduce yourselves. So if Chi, you wanted to kick things off for us, please. Uh, thanks, Mira. Hi, my name's Chi Man. Um, I'm currently working in a role of uh, Scrum Master uh, Team Leader. Uh, at a federal government department and um, what I'm really passionate about in the sort of roles I've been doing recently is the topic that we're discussing today, great leadership and how you can help uh, boost morale and lead teams well. That's great, thank you. And Marvin? Hi, my name is Marvin Malcolm. I work for Telstra Health, um, which is a small healthcare subsidiary of Telstra that most people don't know about. Um, we deliver healthcare solutions for multiple healthcare verticals. Um, I am an enterprise architect, um, and although I am currently have just moved into a new role, which is a variation on that, but to still delivering enterprise-type solutions, but external to, to the organization. And, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about is healthcare technology. Healthcare is an industry that is very slow to move. Uh, we are well behind everybody else in <laughs> terms of, you know, where we should be, uh, and we want to make a difference and make a change on that. Amazing, both great work that you do. So we'll jump into the questions. We've got a lot to cover off um, in the discussion today. Just to start, though, I think it's important for everyone listening that will just define um, what sort of leaders that we're actually talking about. So if Marvin, you just wanted to clear things up for everyone listening, who are we talking about today in terms of leaders? Um, it's, a, it's a good question. I think it applies to multiple levels of leadership because I think as you go through your career, you take on various aspects of leadership. And as you grow and develop, you start to develop and in, uh, embrace more responsibility. So I think it, it could you straight from somebody who is a tech lead but ultimately from my perspective i'm thinking more from those who are technology managers or senior tech leaders so people who have a responsibility for managing others and making sure those others can deliver at their best perfect and chi did you have anything to add there or on the same page there no, I agree um, with what Marvin said. I, I think generally with leadership, um, I think for me personally, I believe uh, agnostic to what area. I think if you're a great leader, there's some soft skills which are very applicable across the board. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that, that sort of leads on to actually what is the... Is there a difference between a leader and specifically a tech leader? And, you know, if so, what are those challenges that are unique to the technology industry? Um, well, maybe I'll, I'll give a stab at that. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the things that I personally think is unique to the technology industry is that it is moving so fast. 
Mm. I think one of the, the challenges we have in technology is that in, if you think about this time last year, nobody knew about ChatGPT. But now it's it's all the rage. Everybody is, is, is talking about it. Everybody has got engaged with AI, whereas AI was an important topic before. Now it is, because it's accessible to everybody, mm. it now becomes a thing, a real thing. Even consumers are talking about ChatGPT. Even my children are using it for <laughs> their homework and so on. So it's it's something that's that I think makes a real difference because we have to keep up to pace up with so many different technologies. Things move so fast. Every company is now a technology company. Um, so I think all of that coming together makes technology leaders uh, have to fight a certain battle that others don't have to fight. Um, yeah. Another, an, another, another, sorry, go on. Chief. No, I, I think you're right. I think with, with depending what domain you're in and you're a leader in what domain, there, there is sort of domain knowledge you need to uh, display and show that uh, I guess you have deep knowledge of or at least some knowledge of so that you can converse in the same language with your team uh, but then going back to what i said earlier i think that just spanning there are various soft skills which are still very pertinent across whatever domain you're in and i think you know it probably might go on to answer other uh, other questions that we've got uh, coming up but there are it's a common theme that I think spans across all all of the into all of this uh, all of the different sectors and what leadership skills you need. So, yes, domain knowledge is important. Yeah, and I think we, as an industry, are well paid with a relatively low bar to entry. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, and here in Australia, in particular, I think we have a scarcity of skilled individuals which means it's hard to retain staff um you know you'll get a better offer somewhere else you know we we've come off the back of of covid and you know the remnants of the the great resignation for example um you know where people were looking elsewhere and because you know wage growth was quite flat and has been flat for a little while it means people are looking elsewhere in order to make ends meet. So uh, they're quite keen to move to get more money, uh, new opportunities. So I think that's something that's also a challenge. I know it's applicable across multiple industries, but I think technology uh, with the dollars that we're talking about makes a big difference. Yeah. So yeah, some people, in terms of being in technology space, they think the technology is the answer uh, and sometimes it is to to all the problems, and in that sense, there's a lot of pressure and I guess visibility on being able to deliver, and you know the solution or the answer to the problem. Definitely. And in on that, what value does a great leader bring to an organisation, in your opinions? Oh, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I have a. From my perspective, again, just talking about my experience of working for uh, good leaders and great leaders, uh, maybe great is a bit, a bit too grand a word, but being a leader myself, I would think those qualities they bring is great communication, transparency in what we're all doing, 
And I think then everything sort of hangs off that for the whole team and being really empathetic to the team and members of the team. And and then and there's a soft skill that talk talks about. You know, you can't some you can't teach empathy at university. It's some skills you learn through life, right? Um, and being a good communicator and that sort of talks then a little bit to what Marvin said about resources in this country in Australia very much. So I, you know, without sounding a bit too controversial, is when we get a um, there's a, a whole diverse population that work in IT, shall I say, demographic, and um, having great communication within within those different sectors and different teams and different personalities is really important. And having someone who can really summarize concisely to everybody what's going on and what we need to do is, is, is important. Yeah, you mentioned communication, and that is that is something that is so important for a, a, a good tech leader because if you think about it we've got this very complicated world over here which is technology but we have the real world which is the business over here and, and they don't they don't necessarily understand each other They're, the business know what they want but they don't know how to achieve it you know many years ago it would be simple i'll just get a, you know um a spreadsheet and you know all our problems are solved because we can we can do our accounts on the spreadsheet or get a database and it will hold a list of people that we have but now the solutions that we need to put in place are so complicated they require so much more that it becomes hard for the business leaders to understand how they're actually going to achieve that so when the tech people are talking all they're hearing is blah 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 and when mm-hmm. the business people are talking all the tech people are thinking oh you're 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 you know, so it's it's somebody who can blend those two things together and actually help everybody to understand the direction that we're going, why we're going in that direction, and what that's going to deliver for us as the business. And I think yeah. if you've got a good leader, that's a, the, the, the yeah. skill that they bring. It's, it's very true what you've just said, is that in a lot of organizations I've worked in, there's always that, that divide, and it's bridging that gap coming in and bridging that gap in various roles that I've taken and, and ob- you know, observed that there's a missing skill there was bridging that gap between the business and IT and they talk about that and it's just it's just dumbing down the IT thing and also maybe dumbing down the business for the IT folks to understand what they're delivering and that it's a crucial aspect of being able to deliver successfully and also in terms of leading your team uh, with it, whether it's uh, you're leading the business team or leading the IT team, you've still got to be that ability to and the knowledge and know how to bridge that gap with, you know, great communication and just be able to converse in the same language. Yeah, I think you if you if you're a person that can that can get a complex point across succinctly and in a way that allow people to travel with you on a journey, then that's a mark of a good tech leader i think yeah um i think another area is also that a good tech leader will be somebody who who fosters a culture um of innovation because quite often you can have people who are afraid to do things because they're afraid to fail they're afraid to um try something out because they're worried about what the impact will be Whereas if you've got a good tech leader, he's somebody who can support you, will support you. Um, uh, I'm saying he because I'm a he, but they will support you. Uh, they will allow you that opportunity to grow 
and develop and bring your best to to the table um yeah. and elicit the best out of everybody because it's not everybody's not the same but it's being able to identify the skills in each one and and then say oh because you've got skills in this area you've got skills in, you've got skills in that area when you build it bring it all together then the collective is much greater than the sum of the d- different parts so i think that's something that a good tech leader can do yeah so i think you've mentioned a couple of other qualities there and uh, which are you know along with sort of good communication transparency uh, is the trusting your team and giving them, by trusting you give them the courage to go out and be innovative and do yeah. something a bit different and try and not be like I say not be afraid to fail which is a lot of things I've hope that hold people but definitely hold me help me back in my career so you think oh I can't fail because then you know your, your boss or whoever will be thinking oh no that, that person's so good and you think your your role's at risk or whatever but yeah mm-hmm. having that trust to be able to just say hey go off do it and then yeah see and benefit from the results thank you and some good really good points there and leads quite well onto the next question I've got for you both um, you kind of cover generally like what a great leader brings to the organization but more specifically during those chaotic periods um, you know on busy projects what attributes do you both believe a great leader should be displaying to the team during that time oh wow well listen she mentioned something earlier which I think is really important. circle back <laughs> and and that is emotional awareness because yeah when things get really busy it can be can be easy to forget that you're dealing with people yeah you, know, you, you can't you're treating people as as robot as resources and i kind of hate the word for individuals you know because the organizer just sees them as resources they're resources to get something done but they are people yeah and those people have yeah. families those people have lives those people have things going on that yeah. affect how they present at work you know and you need to be acutely aware of that and keep coming back to it because when you look at your 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 team and and how they're performing that's a real um that's something that can really make a big impact on how that team is 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 moving forward yeah i agree it's it's that it's uh in those chaotic times it's it's the fine line between leading from the front and pushing from the back you know, it's like you don't want to push through up, but it also I found that being really transparent with what's going on and communicating well to your team. Like I said, we've got this deadline. You know, these are things that are at risk. Let them know why you're asking them to do that. They buy into it rather than just say command. You know, you, you're a commander. Say do this, do that. Well, what, why am I doing it? But if you give them a reason behind it, uh, mm. why are you doing it? So they're aware of you have situational awareness around them, what's going on. Then I think. You get better buy-in and get a compliant, but then, like I said, you've got to be aware and be able to look at everybody and judge, you know, where they are emotionally as well. You know, some people can push a little bit harder, but they mm. they're willing to put the time in. Some people that they got other stuff going on in lives. But at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all have our own lives as well as in our professional life, we have our personal life, and it's been able to be a leader that appreciates that and can, you know, empathise with all that and understand that. Yeah, I think an uh, emotion. Uh, uh, a leader during chaotic times also brings or should bring a sense of calmness and focus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because your team is is running a million yeah. miles an hour and it's easy to get distracted on all sorts of things 
and mm. to be able to bring them back and say actually this is the focus or when things are getting heated to be able to bring that level down and to yeah. say hang on this is this is our real fault this is this is the end game this is what we're trying to achieve so let's mm. not get distracted by a or b or you know conflicts here or conflicts there um let's just focus on what's really important and a, and a, a good tech leader can actually sit down and just bring the 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 level of tension in the room down i think that's something that's really important yeah so good and keep the team motivated because it can be hard if you, if you if you're doing lots of late nights lots of yes. weekends it can be really hard to um to keep the, the team motivated yeah and you know maybe it's just it's down tools and head out and go and do some bowling or something like that for for <laughs> for an hour or or, or yeah. something like that you know be the one that is always there on the weekend bringing the pizza and the fruit and the drinks to make sure that people can see you and you you really do need to be visible and part of the team yeah a phrase i always use in my teams is just you know i like to have a laugh let's laugh you know if you're smiling and just enjoying yourself makes it all the more bearable Rather and just be totally stoic and straight faced and all serious. It's like, hey, just lighten the mood, enjoy ourselves. Yeah, kind of make a difference. Yeah, people bounce off each other naturally. Yeah, definitely. So super, super important. And yeah, it's just some some really important points that you both put forward there. Just about, I guess, how you know showing up yourself as a as a leader. You know, not just putting it all on the team there, being around. And I think. If you can show good attributes when times are tough, that just really, you know, highlights how good of a leader you truly are. Mm-hmm. What happens um, when, um, I guess, there's a division in the team? Like, how as a leader do you handle those sorts of situations? Or would Sorry, you be- recommend? Yeah, sure. Before you do that, I'll just give an example of my, my very first job. Yeah. Uh, I, I was out of uni and I was in the company for maybe three years at the time. And one more, one day I came into work and I saw all these people in the office and uh, I thought, I wonder who they are. Um, and it, it turns out they were from they're from head office. They'd come down and they'd made a bunch of people redundant, including my boss. And he came over to me and said, Marvin, just want to let you know that I've been made redundant today. And I, because I didn't really know what, what that really meant um, yeah. or the implications of it in my first job. Uh, but he said, but don't worry, I've asked about you and you're going to be okay and and so on. And the reason, you know, that for me was so compelling was because I just purchased a house and now I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be made redundant. I'm not going to be able to pay for this. So it was just a common human thing that he brought up. Mm. Don't worry, I've asked about you and you're going to be okay. Even in his own disappointment yeah. or, or struggle, he was looking out for his team and I thought that was a great example and something that I tried to to embody in in my um, leadership career as well yeah yeah super good good so, and I guess no I no know. you're all good and I guess like that is just leadership is sort of learning from others as well so it's nice that you had mm. that good experience early on um and yeah just back to I guess what I was saying is in in difficult situations and when you have a division in the team like how would you go about handling those types of situations this is a tricky one this because um 
in my in my experience of delivering projects where you know you've got a certain timeline to hit and everything you can't afford to spend too much of your energy trying to manage let's say one troublesome individual whereas they're taking away the focus from the people that you know are doing well and mm. you know the, the good members of the team so it's a tricky balance between how much do you put into that person coaching them or guiding them or working on them to whatever their failings are to try to make them less troublesome but you get to the point where you know am i saying well at some point you might have to jettison them out of the project team because they're doing harm to the overall morale of the team and the, the delivery of the project or whatever it is you're delivering right so it's a tricky one how do you handle it without involving you know hr or whatever right it's it's uh i don't know what the perfect answer is um other than that when the when you're on a project like i've been on and just pressures to deliver it's you get to point well okay you try and manage it you'll spend a bit of time and energy in it if there's behaviors that won't change and you quickly identify it and, and that's part of being a good leader if you quickly identifying these the, you know characteristics that can't change in a person you say okay well, I can't deal with this uh, person no more. They should leave the team because this will otherwise have a detrimental effect on the overall team. And you definitely don't want that. You want to keep that morale there. So, yeah, don't know, don't know what perfect answer is, you know, in terms of uh, <laughs> that. Yeah, it is. It is a very tricky one because you do have to balance because they are people as well. You know, yes. and they could be going through some stuff in their lives that's forcing, exactly. they're causing them to, to act in a certain way. Yes. Um, well, one of the, you know, if, if you think about some of the derailing factors or teams or demotivating factors, having somebody who is either underperforming or, or causing a challenge in the team and leaders not doing something about it, um, a team then starts to lose respect for that leader mm, yeah. and so you do need to step up and sometimes make those hard decisions you may not always get it right um, but at the end of the day you probably have to make a decision i would say just get advice and get help it, you know you, you don't have to do it all by yourself um so a, a good leader is somebody who can reach out to others to kind of solicit some feedback you may have a senior leader above you that yeah. you could go and talk to and say, you know, I've got this problem. How do you think I should deal with it? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it does come to involving HR. Yes. You know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you've you got to look at there's there's two sides to the the question. Is it they can't do or they won't do? If mm, they can't sure. do, what do I as a leader need to do in order to help them to be able to do? Yeah. If they won't do, then that's another question and then you you know maybe have to move them on from from the team yeah it, it is a case-by-case -case basis if they're being very divisive and it, it within the team then yeah you look say oh guesses them out but if it's someone who lacks the skills and they're not they're not troublesome and they just they can't keep up with the pace of the rest of the team then mm. you know you look to coach them and spend a bit of time because they're willing to learn it's just like they're not at the right speed and you factor that in uh you know in terms of your team velocity but if they're truly identified as a troublemaker you know for me i don't you know when you don't have the luxury of time you think <laughs> so, so so let me ask a question then what happens when you have those you know a few years ago we had this this big thing going around about the 10x developers you've got this 10x developer on your team and they are causing problems but they are actually very good at what they do 
Mm. How do you how do you handle that? Yeah, so, so that's a good point. I mean, for me, that's not sustainable. When you have someone who's a hero all the time, it's not a sustainable model, right? Mm. And as great as it is to have, like, say, a 10x developer, you might need to work on coaching them or some way. So, because they do add value, right? But if it becomes detrimental to the rest, the morale of the rest of the team, because they're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, because you look at such and such person, they're like going so fast, but then that might be troublesome in terms of they're to- that person, one individual is totally out of sync with the rest of the team. So it isn't great. Right? So it's, again, case by case basis, and you can look at the overall, if it's a detrimental effect to the team, then again, 10x developer might not be adding the value you think. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as you said, lots of variables to consider. I guess it's hard yes. to give a give a straight answer, but some good some good ideas for everyone listening. Um, likewise, um, on the opposite side, you know, we're obviously speaking about what makes a great leader, I think it will be good to sort of mention those attributes of a so-called bad leader in <laughs> um, and sort of anti patterns of a good of good leadership. So, uh. so, <laughs> so from, my, from a project delivery perspective, so when you're working on projects and, uh, and the deadline's looming and then a leader comes in and goes, oh, how can I bring it on track, right? And they, and they think that um, adding more resources will get you delivered on time. And I always trot out the phrase, hey, nine women cannot make a baby in one month, <laughs> right? It's not necessarily, but for some some of the anti-patterns that you erode the i guess the trust in the team that are delivering it okay it might be tracking as being late but you're eroding the trust by just adding some resources from or help from outside of the team that you know the team might be working on this product for like six months whatever right then suddenly right at the crunch time someone one of your leaders says oh i can see it's going to run out of time i'm going to bring in two three people and it rose a trust well the, you know the, the the team were thinking hey I've been working on this product and, you know, I've got some ownership and I've got some skin in the game, as it were. And then suddenly you bring these two people because you think it will help us deliver on time. What, you know, you trust us to see if we can pull it in and do something special. And then, and then I, again, going back to my phrase, does it, you know, does it really add to the speed if you bring in three or, the, or whatever number of resources, but then you have to upskill them, get them up to speed and you wait in there, suddenly your velocity dies because you have to spend this time doing it. So um, that's one of the things I see a lot. And then the other other thing I see a lot, behavior I see a lot of of, uh, of leadership, but what I, but leadership practices, as I would say, is that suddenly they say, oh, can you work a bit more time over time and keep working more time? And they're thinking they're getting the value by people working more and more hours when they don't realize that it's showing in studies that as people get more tired, the quality and the decision-making drop significantly I and mean, there's data data to support that out there right and that but leadership some leaders don't recognize that or don't, or don't want to acknowledge that they think by mm. you know they throw more hours more people just more stuff at the problem but don't they don't look at like they don't look at the underlying causes sometimes yeah i, I think you're right there um <laughs> i i think that when you get somebody who micromanages mm. and and pair that with somebody who feels as though they have to know it all, I think you have a, a recipe for trouble. 
um, because we cannot know it all. And you you build a team that collectively will be able to deliver a solution. If you have to direct every individual, one, you'll burn yourself out. And two, you won't give them a chance to grow. You won't give them the opportunity to get the satisfaction out of delivering something for themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen uh, managers who who want to be to make every decision and or leaders who want to make every decision and want to say, well, this is my way, it's my way or the highway. Um, and and the morale of the team then just disappears because you, you ask them, well, why are you doing this? And they say, oh, I don't know, so-and-so told me to do it. Mm. As opposed to, I'm doing this because I know that yeah, it's it's the good yeah. or the right thing to do. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's that tr- it's that trust element, right? You you build a team. Now you hopefully you selected all those personalities to go in your team from some criteria, and one of them must be trust, or you believe in their skills. Otherwise, what are you doing, right? So you you recruit these people because of the skills and experience. You think, okay, this is my dream team, as it were. Okay, go deliver me something. Then suddenly, when things go a bit pear shaped, they think, oh, hold on. Uh, I'm going to add some more, add some different people in to help you, you know, to help you deliver or, you know, take away your responsibilities or, or I'll tell you what to do. Well, hey, Dan, that doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense if you think about it, right? And um, yeah, it's just other, other leadership, uh, bad, uh, leadership, bad leadership practices I've come across uh, in this space is that um, if you, um, let's say, when projects are running late and people are said, oh, you must work more hours, right? And if you work more hours, you've got to pay a bit of overtime. Yeah, so use some money to incentivize people, right? Straight away, human nature will kick in where we think, oh, actually, if I was going to spend, like, I don't know, let's spend six hours doing something, the fact that I know that I'm going to pay, if I take a bit longer, I'll get paid a bit extra. You, you, you'll make that six hour task last a bit longer. It's human nature, right? It's not not the person being evil or anything. It's just that, hey, I can, I've got a bit more time, and I'll plus I'll get paid a bit more to do the same thing. So straight away, you 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 actually asking for trouble by doing and you know making that a an incentive, as it were, right? I understand. Yeah, okay, you do want to uh, you know reward people for the extra time they're putting in, but don't you got to be careful how you phrase it, how you introduce it, that sort of working pattern into into a team so i think some uh bad leadership practices is a blanket and say hey if you do some overtime and if you do some overtime i'll pay you a bit you know you pay you a bit extra well okay straight away i'll thinking, all right well you know human nature will just kick in and go all right i want a bit more money i'll yeah. just take a bit longer doing the same thing so yes, yeah, I get, think where, yeah. on that, it's like, even if it's not consciously, you're thinking that you're just, you know, you've all of a sudden maybe naturally slowed down a little bit because exactly. you don't feel as maybe under pressure to get it done. Exactly. It's not the individual being deliberately, uh, you know, nefarious. It's just that it's just human nature. You think, oh, in your mind just kicks in and it's like, oh, the way they phrase it means, you know, I've got a bit more time to do the same thing, but I'll get paid a bit more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking, thinking about it. I mean, it, it's also one of those things that would start to alienate people as well, because there are some people who cannot do the extra hours. You know, if yeah, you're, right. you're a single parent, yeah. for example, and mm. you know you have to be home for your children, uh, yeah. you, you don't have the option to go and do that. And, you know, if they are getting uh, 
other people are getting rewarded for being able to do that, then that could could also you know, introduce some some challenges. I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one. Um, yes. One of the things that I I think is a, a challenge is when you have managers or leaders that only manage upwards. Uh, I think that's a problem. So they don't protect their team from anything. You know, stupid deadlines, crazy managers who want to come in and blame. And I've been in a situation where I've had a team and somebody did do something that was wrong. And a senior manager said, we need to fire that person. And I just couldn't tell them who the person was. That was yeah. just one of the team. It's 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 I I, I take on that responsibility yes. as yeah. a leader yeah. rather exactly. than yeah. that individual because you know they they are struggling already knowing that they have done certain a certain thing. Yeah. I remember in my, in my that first job I did as well, right at the very beginning of my career. Um, um, this is a long time ago, so it's going to date me. Uh, <laughs> I I I was developing on those old uh, airline systems were all done in assembler language on the mainframe and I put in what we call self-modifying code so I actually was writing in memory in a, in a, in a rather than um, for people who were techie they will understand rather than allocating memory and doing your work on that I was actually modifying the actual program itself and it was causing all kinds of weird problems when they actually found out what the problem was my manager came to me and he said to me Marvin um what what didn't we do that could have prevented that or what could we have done that would have helped you understand that that wasn't the right thing to do and i actually i i i I went home and i thought about that but even to this day it still had a remarkable impression on me because he wasn't blaming me saying what didn't we do that would have helped solve that problem so i.e. we're going to fix that for the next person so they're not going to fall in, in that same trap yeah. um, so it's 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 you, you got to remember that your team are human and that you need to support them and if you're not willing to do that you're you know, willing to throw them under the bus because it makes you look good mm-hmm. that's not that's not a great place to be no it's not you know but, but I guess ultimately I mean it's the cliches cheap the people how you want to be treated and i'm sure no one goes out there so i want to be treated really badly and like unfairly mm. you know i'm sure no one wakes up in the morning and does that but yes you're you're right um it's interesting i think they also mustn't just take all the credit for themselves yeah definitely you gotta yeah. going back to your point yeah as a leader you really gotta isolate the team from all the the politics that go on because they're just interested in getting on and you know if you're a developer you're really interested in the tech and you just want to develop you want to code away you don't want to get involved and get dragged into a meeting discussing some political you know some other stuff you just want to get on so that's where the you know good leadership helps protect them but also communicates downwards as to what else is going on so everyone knows what you know every the whole landscape in which they're working yeah and and be inclusive yeah, you you yes. really need to bring everybody along for the journey, mm-hmm. and absolutely, you, you, you've got to make people feel as though they are part of the team and are contributing and a valued member of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree with you both. There, some really good points. Um, as you said, like 
taking one almost taking one for the team when you're a leader mm-hmm. like having having the back for your team I think you know as long as I guess within reason depending on what they've done wrong is sort of like a opportunity from them to learn from you and also kind of just create a bit more respect um, as a leader as well for your team you know that they're not just feeling like they're not important because you know as you said you don't want to get the leader doesn't want to get in trouble so they just hand him over so really like that point there um, and I guess last thing that I just wanted to run through with you both was what are some telltale signs that someone's struggling in their leadership role? A demotivated team is one of them. I think, think yes, you will see some attributes which were displayed by the the leader that's really struggling, just that they're constantly stressed, they're constantly... um, shouting at the team or just dictating to just, just not communicating very well just all the i guess all the emotional patterns and and characteristics of just someone generally under stress right they just they look tired they look they look completely stressed out they're not handling things very well they they might lose a temper really quickly and things like that right and not are not making the best decisions you know, when you when you're a team member, you look at you and think, well, why do why do they say do that? That doesn't make sense. It's not, you know, it's it's not it's not logical. It's not common sense. Of that's the, that's the correct thing to do. So, all those behaviors you you, you observe, you can observe it in yourself when, I guess, when you're not, when someone is not sleeping well, they're very tired, and you you know you're just not making the right decisions. You're you know you're very short tempered, and that that's sort of thing. It's the same with someone struggling in their role as a leader, right? Not making those. Uh, the correct calls. I actually remember an incident that happened to me um, where, you know, I was running a team and I can't remember what it was that happened, but I, I did lose my call. And somebody, one of my team members pulled out and said, Marvin, I've never seen you like that. Is something wrong? This is one of my team members. And, it, you know, it just stopped me in my tracks. You know, I just thought, yeah, I mean, and there was something that was wrong, you know, and I was tired. And as, as she was mentioning, there's a whole bunch of things that kind of go into that. But, you know, you you will make bad decisions and everybody will make bad decisions in their career journey. Nobody's immune from it. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's being able to see some of those things and actually do something about it and spot the telltale signs when you're heading in that direction the next time. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, also as a, I guess, also as as a team member, and it's just a general human being. If you spot that in someone, a fellow colleague, whether it's a manager, or whatever, you still, if you show the bit of empathy and just say, uh, you know, sort of acknowledge or realize that must be something going on in their lives that they're making them make bad decisions or make them not come across as a t- as a great leader. There's that going on as well. So it it takes. Sometimes it takes life experience for you to get to that stage in your, you know, your life to have the emotional intelligence to recognize that in someone else and also recognize that in yourself if that's your, those behaviors. I think also we've, we've talked a lot about the, um, the soft skill side of this as well. But, you know, one of the telltale signs that somebody's struggling in their tech leadership is, is if they're not meeting the company's goals. Mm. Uh, if, if you're not delivering on the company's vision, then what are you doing as a tech leader? You are there to support the company's vision and to be able to deliver technology that allows the company to accelerate, to move faster, to save money or to gain money or whatever it is that they're they're striving to do. 
And if you're not seeing those results, then maybe you're not you're not achieving what you need to achieve. Maybe you are struggling. Maybe you need some assistance. Maybe you need coaching. Maybe you need someone else to kind of give you a little pep to kind of get you going again or something like that. But, you know, the actual metrics or results that you need to be delivering, you need to be doing that. And, you know, if someone is not meeting those metrics or you know, then chances are they're struggling. Yeah. Definitely. I think it was important just to highlight some of those signs. As you said, like we're all people at the end of the day. So, And I guess the question we could also ask is how much tech does a tech leader need to know? Mm. Um, because, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot about um, leadership and those qualities that you need. But I think a tech leader also needs to have a certain amount of technology capability if that's a mm. if that's a phrase um and i've i've experienced that teams appreciate when their tech leader has some tech capability yeah. they would have and, the respect of the person if they can yeah. if they can talk the, done talk, the job yeah yeah if you can exactly. talk the talk yeah they'll have a bit more respect um so yeah i agree with it they have to have a, um some knowledge don't have to be you know, roll your hands through coding sort of knowledge, but definitely appreciation of the technology being used and the language being used and, and the terms and understand. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think one of the things that is crucial as a tech leader, well, a couple of things. One is to be able to spot BS when you when you see it. <laughs> so um, there are people, there are people who will try and pull the wool over your eyes and, and you've got to put that reasonableness uh, assessment on it. Does that sound sensible to me? Does does that sound reasonable? If you're in a, a situation where we spoke earlier on about having um, a chaotic period or a difficult period, you know, people are trying to solve a problem and they're coming up with all kinds of harebrained schemes to solve the problem. You can actually sit down and think, well, actually, let's pause for a moment. You could be the outside person looking in. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would that challenge? Why would that? That sometimes forces people to rethink what they're doing and maybe come up with a better solution at the end of the day. So I think a tech leader does need to have an amount of technical experience that allows them to be able to distinguish noise and um, bad decisions. Uh, but they don't have to, they, they need to rely on their technical teams able to do but they need to be able to challenge the technical team and understand when their technical teams are giving them feedback yes great thank you thank you both a very good point to finish up on thank you marvin for bringing that last bit up um we'll leave it here for today but thank you so much here marvin for joining the discussion on what makes a great tech leader i hope everyone enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time on the evolution exchange podcast <laughs>